What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. It is just the dynamic duo today. Uh, Terrence is at a screener, I think. I think. Uh, going to see Creed 2. Um, I haven't seen the first one. Yet. The first one is very good. I have. Um, I, I am a little trepidatious about the second one because the second one is what... Whenever when when all of us got out of Creed, we said, "Wow, that was a really good movie." I hope for the second one they don't go with the low hanging fruit of having him fight Drago's son. And what are they doing in Creed Two? They're having him fight Drago's son. So we'll see. We shall see. Um, but yeah. So but we're we're talking about not just video games today. We're talking about wrestling today. Survivor Series last night. Uh, we're going to review it as is customary in the dense pixel style. Uh, but that'll be in the back half of the episode. We'll give you fair warning in case you're not here for wrestle talk this week. Uh, Micah, you haven't played anything new. Have you nothing new? I, um, I finished red dead redemption. Um, I finished the family story in assassin's creed odyssey. There are mm-hmm. multiple like main story threads that you can go through. Um, I think there are like four of them and I, I did two of them and one of them is the main mission, right? The thing that you initially set out to do in your odyssey. So I'll have to go back and, and kill the rest of the cultists and, and, uh, do the rest of that because I do like that game and I wanted to go back and, and, uh, finish it. Uh, and <laughs> I had money burning a hole in my pocket. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it was only $5. It was only $5. But I bought a game that I bought thrice before, but I really, really like it, and it's Sleeping Dogs. Why? Because I like that game, man. I know, but are you really going to play it? Like, are you really yes. going to sit down and, and, and run through that game again? I am going to sit down and run through that game because I like open world games, and and I like that game. Just because, I, I don't know what it is. It's a combination of Batman and Arkham and and uh, Grand Theft Auto, like the better parts of it, like not all that bullshit, like hyper realism. It's just enough realism, but it's not like hyper realistic, like Red Dead. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to worry about animals taking a shit in front of me when I'm playing Sleeping Dogs. You know what I'm saying? So it was five bucks. I'll play. I'll throw that on every now and again. Dude, there's plenty of games that go on sale that I want to buy that I just don't because I know because I know <laughs> I'm never going to play it because I'm not stupid. So now it's just been just been more more nose to the grindstone for me uh, with Destiny. Finally got the reset in Gambit. Probably not going to earn either of the Crucible uh, Pinnacle rewards, unfortunately, because I just don't have enough time. There's only a week left in the season, and uh, I'll start too- I'll start that back up uh, in the new season. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough, man. Like I said, I feel like I'm so close to to both of them, uh, but I'm I'm about to get set back severely in a week, unfortunately. So, uh, but I did get Thunderlord, uh, as most people that play Destiny did as well. Um, Mike, it'd be worth your time to hop back in this week to make sure you do that. Do you sure. like it? Huh? Do you like Thunderlord? It's, it's it's fantastic. Okay, it's I'm an auto fun. rifle guy. I like auto rifles. Oh, it's not an auto rifle. It's a machine gun. Oh, that's yeah. right. They're what bringing back the machine gun archetype of weapons. That's right. Oh, I'm not really a machine gun guy, though. Oh, but this is fun, Micah. Like, how, how, much, how much more fun can you have 
shooting something and calling down lightning strikes onto trash mobs and other guardians in the crucible. Oh, well, <laughs> that is that is something different. And here's the and here's the other cool thing about it, man. So, you know how when you get heavy in crucible, if you're good, if you're good, you'll get 3 to 4 kills with one heavy brick depending on what weapon you pick mm. up. Oh mm. no, Thunderlord is good for 6 because it only takes 5 shots or so to kill one guardian and they give you a solid 40 in a brick of ammo. <laughs> oh, all right then. So it, it is fun. It's worth your time. It would not take you very long um, to get it. It would only take you about two hours maybe because um, it's, it's just a quest line you have to go through. Um, one of them is you have to get like 10, either 10 engrams from Master Owl, which is the most efficient way to do it, or you can just do a fallen public event on the EDZ and get a sh- and get all you need basically. Um, so that's the first thing. The second part of it is you have to loot like four lost sectors. And then the third part, uh, and this is not a spoiler because Bungie advertised the shit out of it, uh, is you get to go back to the Cosmodrome for a brief mission. Oh, okay. Uh, that's so, it? Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> and you get the, you get the fucking Thunderlord at the <laughs> end of it. All right. Well, let me hurry up and get this thing before uh, they uh, inevitably nerf it because it's it's it sounds like it's overpowered and easy to get. It's not overpowered. It is, it is easy to get, but the problem is that if you don't do it this week, once the new season starts, it just gets rolled into engrams, then you have to wait for... A random drop. Now, when you say this week, like this this calendar week or this Destiny week? This Destiny week. So starting tomorrow through the following Monday. That's when Season 4 ends. And then Season 5 will begin next Tuesday. Okay, so I still have time. I didn't want to have to. I didn't want to have to rush this podcast along. No, no, no. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. (laughs) You still have a week to do it. But I I would highly recommend that you do it because it is a lot of fun and well worth the two hours. I wouldn't even call it a grind. It's just two hours of doing busy work and then a fun mission uh, that you have to do that'll have lots. And that actually, the, the mission to get it is actually fun just because the final boss fight is very intense because there's tons of ads and things like that to kill. So, yeah, it's good times. Um, so let's move on from there. Uh, make sure to go to YouTube.com slash DensePixel. Subscribe to the channel and ring the bell icon so you never miss when we post a new episode. Uh, we do episodes of this podcast. We do Let's Plays. Uh, we do reviews. Maybe we'll get back to doing reviews at some point. We'll see. It's hard. Hard to find the time to yeah. put that together. Uh, but yeah, YouTube.com slash DensePixels for that. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the premium side of the TMP Studios network at DensePixels.com slash premium. It is just $5 a month or $50 for the entire year to get access to our premium slate of shows, including the Look Forward Political Podcast, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, and the airing of Grievances. Uh, there's over 350 hours of content for you to listen to already and more being added every single week so densepixels.com slash premium and no matter which podcatching application you use whether it's spotify google podcast apple podcast uh whatever make sure you subscribe to all of our shows which include this show the nerd apocalypse black and black cinema and coming distractions and we will deliver you new episodes in the middle of the night new releases this week uh battlefield 5 the standard edition comes out this week so does Farming Simulator 19. Uh, Bendy and the Ink Machine comes to console. Uh, Beat Saber coming to PlayStation VR. SteamWorld Dig 2 coming out uh, to Xbox One. And Spider-Man, the Turf Wars DLC, releases this month as well. Of course, if you have the season pass, you can download that uh, as part of that. And it continues the story started uh, in the first DLC pack that released. Which you enjoyed, if I recall. I enjoyed it. It was more the same, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but um uh I would I would hope that they would escalate the variety up a little bit. 
but uh, I don't think they will. I think it will be more of the same, which, um, you know, you're very lucky that I like your game and Spider-Man. Because if I didn't like both of those things at the same time, then yeah, it would be cause for a little bit of uh, bitching on my part. Just two release date and new game announcements. Uh, there's a there's a line from Super Troopers that I quote often, and it's an unheralded line. Uh, that line is "Desperation is a stinky cologne." <laughs> I mention it because PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds is coming to PlayStation Four on December seventh. I'll uh, quick turnaround time on that, eh, Micah? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, they. The writing was on the wall. But they just had their eyes closed for a while. <laughs> and they and were look, like, it's, it, is, it is entirely possible uh, that this was the plan the entire time. But boy, does it look <laughs> like, a, uh, like a reactionary move uh, based on the current climate of not only Fortnite uh, dominating the Battle Royale genre, but Blackouts uh, getting a lot of positive praise and press with Call of Duty Black Ops 4's release. So, but uh, hey, you've been... Uh, Clamoring for some PUBG on PS4, uh, your wish will come true. No word yet as this if this is the beta release or the full release. Hopefully, they figured <laughs> out to release the full game at this point. Um, but yeah, so that's coming. And uh, something else that's coming is the Astro C40 tournament ready controller, uh, which is a new pro controller coming from Astro, their first entry to the marketplace, if I recall correctly. But this is also probably Logitech's doing. Um, and they're just using the Astro branding, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. uh, this looks very similar to the uh, recently Scuff Vantage, which I was not a huge fan of personally. Uh, but it looks like it kind of amps up the, the eliteness of it. Um, you can now swap the D-pad and analog stick modules to different places on the controller, so it's not locked to one uh, alignment. So whether you like them together or offset uh, the Xbox controller, you can do that. Comes with a variety of different analog sticks. Comes with two buttons on the back that are actually correctly placed uh, to be able to use them ergonomically, uh, which is very nice as well. Uh, the buttons are completely remappable. And with the Astro app, you can actually customize the controller uh, like you can with the Elite controller, where you can customize like dead zones and, and how the controller behaves and things like that. This is probably what the Scuff Vantage should have been. Uh, it's going to come out in early 2019. It's going to cost $199. 99. So if you were looking for a pro controller on PS4, uh, and if you either did not like the Scuff Vantage or uh, you were just looking for something better, uh, check out the Astro C40TR, and we'll see how that goes. Do uh, do professional gamers really get all these like transforming controllers? Like like, or is it something that is it something that manufacturers kind of put out there? And want you to use, you know what I, I mean? I do think, I, I know influencers um, definitely do. Like like most influencers that you see for a lot of games are sponsored by like Scuff or yeah, I was about to say, like but that. They get paid to do that, right? I'm sure they do, and I'm sure they don't have to pay for their <laughs> Scuff controllers as well, but they are using them. Um, and so, I mean, obviously there's an incentive for them to advertise them. Um Again, I didn't care for the Scuff Vantage, but that was more of the ergonomics of the controller rather than how it performed. Uh, mm -hmm. It just didn't jive with me. I think this one might be a little bit better. Uh, it seems to fix the major design issues that I had with the Scuff. We'll have to see. Um, it's still several months away. Uh, but Astro's known... I mean, Astro's name carries a lot of cachet along with it. So, And this is licensed by PlayStation as well. So, 
I look forward to your review of this controller. Yes, because I'm probably going to end up getting one because I am. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know. Why not? This is what it is. So uh, we're going to group all of our news together. It's it's funny because it's actually a top stories week. There's pretty pretty much everything here is uh, I would consider top story worthy. Yes. Uh, so I will pass it over to Micah uh, for our headline slash top stories this week. Um, the game award nominees are announced. Um, well, let's 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 spend some time on this because uh, sure. this, this is the fun time of year. Um, prognosticating. Let's just go through the whole fucking list. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, what if, if we're saying snubs? Uh, what we think will win and what we would want to win out of these games, um, I think. The game of the year, the game awards will be will air December 6th. Um, I, I guess online, yes, okay. Um, game of the year, the nominees are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Spider Man. Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, I don't know what Celeste is. I'm assuming it's an indie game. It is a very popular one. Okay. Um, what do I think will win and what do I want to win? Um, I think Red Dead will win. I want God of War to win. That's interesting because I think God of War will win. Actually, because the the opinions on Red Dead in the influencer community who has a who base. So basically, the way the Game Awards work is there's a panel that uh, Joff Keighley decides on to vote for all of these awards. And then that's also combined with fan vote. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how it's weighted specifically, but I think it's I want to say it's probably either 50 50 or split some kind of way. Um, But a lot of influencers out there kind of. Uh, very many people are down on Red Dead. Not not because they think it's a poor game, but because they they don't like it. Um, it's not a good game, right? And I think I think that the critical opinion on that is actually it's weird because everyone acknowledges that it's a technical masterpiece and it's yeah. an achievement in storytelling, but they just don't like it. It's a beautiful piece of art, and I fu- and I can't stand playing it. Right. Whereas with God of War, the praise was fairly overwhelming. Like overwhelmingly positive. I can't think of too many people that did not like uh, God of War. So I think God of War will win. I hope. I it think does. God of War probably should win. Yeah, I, I hope it does. Out of that list, um, why is Monster Hunter on there? Uh, token early release. You know, <laughs> like, like, see, guys, we don't forget about the games that come out in <laughs> January, and February. There's no, there's no recency bias here. Best ongoing game. It is the game that is. Uh, it's awarded to a game for outstanding development of an ongo- of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. Basically, it is the best uh, games uh, as service. Games as service online only. You know, mandatory game. Destiny Two, Forsaken, Fortnite, <laughs> No Man's Sky, <laughs> Overwatch, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Look, I'm I, I'm glad that No Man's Sky made this list. <laughs> yeah, okay, they deserve it <laughs> after after the work that they have done to improve that game over the last two plus years. Uh, look, if this was the most improved award, then yes, I would agree with you. But uh, is there anybody. is there any question that Fortnite is going to win this category? I mean, it's it's Fortnite. Like, of course, it's going to win, right? It probably it probably deserves to as well. If yeah, we're, if we're I, I being mean, honest, so I, I haven't played it, but everyone who has played it uh, loves it. 
So, okay. Best Direction uh, awarded to a game studio for outstanding creative vision and innovative in-game direction and design. Nominees are A A Way Out, Detroit Becoming Human, no, God God of War, (laughs) Marvel's Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Man, that one gotta go game is real easy with this category. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While I, uh, you know, while I really enjoyed uh, Spider-Man, that's a no for me. Um, Red Dead, no, Red Dead does not get good direction because Red Dead does the same thing that, uh, all Rockstar games do. They deliver exposition while you are traveling to the place that you need to travel to, you know, and that's just like, no, that's, that's a, that's a bit of a cheat to me. Um, I don't know about no way out or a way out. Um, so that leaves me with God of War. See, I think that Red Dead will get this because this will be what they do to make up for the fact that it doesn't get Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Spider-Man probably deserves it just based on what I've taught. Everyone that I've talked to marvels, no pun intended, about how fun that game is and, and how it plays and how well-designed of a video game it is. Um, maybe I'm thinking about direction in terms of movies. You and, might be. Um, I, th- I think that I think that in terms of games, it's about the the experience um mm. not only the storytelling but also the you know how the game plays and the pacing and things of that nature so that's why i think spider-man probably should win i think red dead will though I i'd be guess. i'd be more than happy with spider-man winning any award uh best narrative pretty self-explanatory detroit become human no <laughs> god of war Life is Strange 2, Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption. This is where I think Red Dead Redemption will I think win. it's a slam dunk. Yeah. For sure. I mean, look, you say what you want about that game and, the, and the, the, the nonsense that it has you going through, like building a fucking house. Um, it's a very well-told story. Um, best Art Direction, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, God of War, Octopath Traveler, Red Dead Redemption, Return of the Abra Din. I have no idea what that is. Um, and it looks like it's on here just to be uh, an indie darling. Um, best art direction. I think Assassin's Creed might get this. It's a beautiful I, game. It is. Um, Red Dead might probably also get this just because that's the other thing that people can't stop fucking talking about is, you know. How everything looks in that game. Yeah, but I really, I really hope it doesn't get this, because um, a lot of things look samey. Uh, a lot of things look samey um, until you go up into the mountains where you know it's snowy and stuff. But everything in the south kind of has the same type of feel. It is beautiful, but and it probably will win because it's not quite as beautiful as Assassin's Creed. I mean, look, I, oh. I'm I'm pleased that Octopath Traveler made this list. That's um, actually. I, that's that's the one I was pulling for, man. I don't think it'll I don't think it'll win, but that's the one I was pulling for. Uh, best score slash music presented by Spotify for outstanding music presented by Spotify, inclusive <laughs> of score presented by Spotify, original song and or licensed soundtrack presented by Spotify. Uh, Celeste, which uh, you know I'm completely ignorant to. 
God of War, Spider-Man, uh, Nino Kune, uh, Octopath Traveler, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, this is difficult for me. I have no idea what I think would win. Uh, I mean, you would you would be better informed than I am because I've only played two of the games on this list. I have played one, two, three, four of them. Uh, I did not play Celeste. I did not play Nino Kune. Um, I got to tell you, man. It would be it would be between Octopath and Spider Man. I mean, again, I didn't play Spider Man, but Octopath's score was very memorable for me. Yeah, God of War's was not like i can't remember there. any music in god of war right like it was there but it, it doesn't like like octopaths stuck with me yeah um probably my favorite boss battle theme music in recent memory yeah as well and the only reason spider-man i uh, the only reason i i i still have spider-man in my in my brain is because of the way the music direction is mm. like the the main theme just sounds like every other marvel avengers style you know you know uplifting inspirational music but the way it's implemented in game is 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 great so well, hold 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 your uh, praise for the next category ah best audio design presented by dolby man the sound categories are on and popping as they say <laughs> Um, so this is, uh, best in-game audio. So, you know, bullets and tire screeches and stuff like that. Uh, Call of Duty Blops 4, uh, Forza Horizon 4, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption. Uh, this is another difficult one for me. Um, like I said, I love the way... Uh, that sound is implemented in Spider-Man. Um, so that's the one I'm going to go with because yeah. I don't think I, I have, Red Red Dead's uh, probably going to win. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, this one, all right, like no bullshit. I, I want them. I want them all to win. <laughs> I, I really do. I love each and every person, even if I don't, even if their games aren't the best, I love each and every person in this category. Best performance uh, is, is awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion and or performance capture. See, I didn't see all that. Um, I just went by their performance. Uh, Brian Deckhart as Connor uh, in Detroit Become Human. Look, say what you want about that game. He did a very, he was the best character in it. Um... Christopher Judge as Kratos in God of War. Uh, Melisanthi Mahut as Cassandra in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2. And Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker in Marvel's Spider-Man. I can't pick, Brad. I can't pick. I mean, I'll give it to Christopher Judge just because we all weren't sure how that was going to go. Um, and turns out when... You don't make Kratos a screaming lunatic. There's an actual character uh, that that exists beneath the surface when he's not just yelling at things all the time. Uh, um, look, uh, Arthur. I wasn't keen on Arthur when before the game came out, and he took a while to grow on me, but he really did. Um, and 
the majority of that is Roger Clark's performance of a character who uh, has done one thing for so long, and now he's just getting kind of tired of it. And and the way that his character evolves throughout that game uh, is really great. Yuri Lowenthal, as uh, I mean, he is he is my definitive Spider-Man of the moment. Uh, he is he is the best Spider-Man that I've seen um, ever. I, I I like I enjoy his performance better than every movie incarnation of Spider-Man. Um, uh, Melisanthi Mahut. Uh, she gets the nod because one, she did a very good performance, and two, her performance is leaps and bounds better than her male counterpart. <laughs> like <laughs> leaps and bounds better than her male counterpart. So it's a shepherd situation, basically. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if that performance can hold up to some of the other ones. Uh. Look, and like you said, with Christopher Judge, man, like he he took a character that everyone knew to be just a raging dickhead, and he showed that there is an actual character within within it. So, look, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, most impactful. Game. We could probably skip the next couple categories. Yeah, most impactful <laughs> game. I just wanted to now. say most impactful game because games for impact sound stupid. It does. Fair enough. Um, I I don't know any of the games on that. Uh, I don't know any of the games on the independent. Uh, joint. I think I think Dead Cells will probably win that. I think it'll it'll tip Celeste. For that uh, good because that's the one I've heard of. Best mobile game. Uh, I don't play mobile games. It'll be Fortnite. Probably spoilers. <laughs> Best VR game. What the fuck is VR? I don't, uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think I think Astrobot. Will win that. Um, that game received high praise when it came out, even though not a lot of people know about it. Even getting comparisons to like Super Mario Odyssey or not Odyssey. Um, no, yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. Wow, when it released. So, uh, best action game is this the thing that takes the place of best shooter? I don't remember seeing. I best think on so. Game. Yeah, because it, it's a mixture of uh, shooters and and just regular uh, like action platformers. Uh, for example, look, I won Forsaken to win. Mm-hmm. Um, it might, it very well might. Um, if I had to guess, like if Dead Cells, I don't know, man. Dead Cells is such a darling this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Far Cry will win. I don't think Mega Man will win. No, I really I don't, don't think, think Black Ops will win. Yeah, so I think, they, I think they might give it to Destiny too. Do you think Destiny two and not Dead Cells? Yeah. I do. I, th- I think enough people, especially... Well, that's the tough part, though, man, because, like I said, it's the people that love Destiny are the ones that love Destiny 2 Forsaken, and if you're, like, a casual Destiny fan, you probably didn't even bother sticking around for it. So Right. It's tough. Like, it's, it's, it's tough with these, because you have to also kind of read into the people that are going to be picking the awards for it, so... Yeah, especially if, like, part of it is fan vote, and fans are incredibly fickle. Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to Destiny, like everyone has a hard on to hate Destiny for some reason, yeah. but they all play it. Like I, I, I don't know. It's like banging an ugly hooker. You know what I mean? Like you want to <laughs> say that you've had sex, but you don't want to admit that it's with an ugly hooker. You know what I mean? Best action adventure game. Uh, how, did, how did Shadow of the Tomb Raider make this list when there was so much vitriol <laughs> for that game when it came out? Not even vitriol, but just just like blase. Yeah, just so much apathy for it. Like right. 
No one, no one knows when that game came out. No one. Spider-Man's winning this, by the way. Uh, yes, this is the one where Spider-Man must win. It must. Uh, the nominees are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, God of War, Spider-Man, Red Dead, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Look, Spider-Man has to win this. If, if Spider-Man wins one award, it has to be this. And if it doesn't, um, then this award show is a sham. Because <laughs> I didn't get the thing that I wanted. That doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, best role-playing game, Dragon Quest Nine. Uh, I have not played. Monster Hunter World. Uh, um, Nino Kune 2. Uh, Octopath Traveler. Uh, that's better win. And Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. I think Monster Hunter is probably going to win, though. I, th- I, think pe- I think people want to acknowledge that game. And then I think the other problem that Octopath Traveler had, that a lot of people had with it, is that it doesn't have that cohesive story. Yeah, yeah. All eight characters are just kind of right, and the and the end game strangers, and the end game a little bit to be desired, apparently. So yeah, the end game is a bit of a bitch. Yeah, so Um, it's probably it's probably going to go to Monster Hunter, and again, I think that'll be the you know see we don't forget about these early games token award. Uh, Best fighting game. The nominees are Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Dragon Ball Fighters. (laughs) Dragon Ball Fighters and Dragon Ball Fighters. I'm amused that Street Fighter Arcade Edition has a nomination in this <laughs> yeah, category right. as, if it's, as if it's a separate game from regular Street Fighter <laughs> It's like they just need to pad out the fucking roster just to make sure that there's at least four people uh, right. that were nominated for the award. Uh, look, Dragon Ball is going to win this award. Um, right. and the, 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 the other nominees were Blaze Blue and 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 Soul Calibur. There's no way in hell Dragon <laughs> right. Ball does not win this. <laughs> like it's not it's not possible. Like what's even possible. the point? Like that should be the first award just to get it out of the way. Let everybody know. Yeah, all right. No, that's what, that's one of the that's one of those awards they hand out before the show that they just like announce <laughs> in the middle of the show <laughs> as an afterthought. Of course, Dragon Ball is going to win. There's no way it's not going to win. I'm disappointed to not see Super Smash Brothers uh, Ultimate E3 build as a nominee, though. Uh, that would have been stiff competition for for Dragon Balls. Um, best family game, Mario Tennis Aces. I got my wife to play that, and she had a good time. Uh, Nintendo Labo, um, Overcooked 2. Starlink Battle for uh, Atlas and Super Mario Party. What this, do you have a family? What do you think this will win? this category doesn't read as best family game? It just reads as family games that released in 2018. <laughs> How the fuck did Nintendo Labo make this list? And Starlink, <laughs> like the other three, fine. Um, Mario Tennis does not deserve to win this. I would give it to Overcooked too. There you go. Mario Party might get a nod as well, but Overcooked Two is what would be my choice. I think it'll win. I do. Uh, I don't play strategy games. Nor do um, I. Uh, uh, best sports slash racing game, dude. If FIFA doesn't fucking win this, I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God, it's the be- It's it is it is the best FIFA they've put out. What if games. what if Pez wins? <sighs> <laughs> I no, no, you know what's going to win? It's going to be fucking Mario Tennis or Forza. One of those two is going to win, and it's going to piss me off. Mario <laughs> Tennis doesn't deserve to win anything. Look, I'm sorry. The gameplay in Mario <laughs> Tennis is great. It is super threadbare on shit to do in that game. 
All that you can do is go online and play other people. That's it. Or play locally. Uh, yeah. That's it. You got yeah. nothing else. You got nothing else. <laughs> but Fort, Forts is probably going to win. If, if, I had, if I had to guess one, because for, for some reason FIFA never gets love and driving games, even, even though FIFA is the most popular game in the critical community, driving games are a little bit more ubiquitous. Um, so yeah, I think, that'll, I think that'll probably win this. Well, the Dense Pixels podcast as a show will be pulling for FIFA. Uh, best multiplayer game, Call of Look, Duty guys. Blops 4, <laughs> Destiny 2, Forsaken, Fortnite, Monster Hunter World, and nothing else of value. <laughs> How dare you give short shift to what would it most assuredly be Terrence's pick if he were here for this award, which is Sea of Thieves for a best <laughs> multiplayer game. Um, Look, man, again, if it were me voting, I would be voting for Forsaken. I know 100% shadow of a doubt that Fortnite, again, is going to win yeah, for best multiplayer game. There's no doubt in my mind. Of course. Um, best student game, don't care about the kids. Uh, <laughs> best indie debut, don't really give a fuck about indie games. Um, best esports game, Fortnite. Oh, over, no, Overwatch should win it. From, a, from an esports game? Oh, from an esports. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I'll sit there and watch Overwatch for some strange reason. I'll sit there and watch it. Best esports player presented by Omen by HP. Uh, Sonic Fox, Tokido, uh, Uzi, uh, Simple with a one instead of an I, and uh, Jonak. Um, I'm rooting for everybody black. Sonic Fox, that's who I'm picking. <laughs> Sonic Fox probably should win. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's the best the best call there. Um, I don't really care about esports teams. No. Um, <laughs> it'll probably be the London Spitfire because they're the only ones that anyone will have ever heard of since uh, they won the Overwatch League um, the normal season. I think we're getting a little ridiculous with these categories. Esports coach. <laughs> really? <laughs> Lord. Best esports coach. Do the ESPYs hand out like awards for best NFL coach? They probably do. They probably do hand out like a coach of the year award. <sighs> but you actually know who those people are. Right. I don't know. And, who... and again, I, I don't mean to cast dispersion. Like if you watch esports like that and you're that into it that you know the coaches of these teams, then more power to you. But I can assure you that the average person has no fucking idea. Okay, now, the, I know the ESPYs don't give out best bowl game, right? Like, come on, man. Best no, esports they, they event? They do give away, like, game of the year. Like, like what, was the, what was the best game of the year? But they, they what's the best esports event? Sure. Nah, yo. Nah, yo. I'm okay nah. with it. Nah, man. Give it, nah. give it, give it to the, grand, the league grand finals for Overwatch. Fine. All I, Overwatch all the time. Mike, look at how many people are at these things. Look at these <laughs> wide, look at that League of Legends wide shot for the League of Legends World Championships, Mike. How dare you make 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 light of nah, these yo. exciting events? Nah, yo. Can't do it. All right, look, look. You've convinced me on a couple of them. There's no <laughs> way you're going to convince me that some some place like the ESPYs give best announcer awards. They probably do. No, no, I don't know. No, <laughs> no. Best esports host. Come on, man. Come on. Give it to the lady just to piss off dudes. Uh, best esports moment. I, I don't really give a shit. Um, 
content creator of the year. Well, this is uh, this is what has replaced trending gamer. Well, sadly, we were not nominated. We provide I'll, content. Yeah, which is a sham, by the way. Yeah, that's an, an anti anti small podcast uh, bias. Uh, yeah, against S- us. Screw that, man. Screw this award and anybody that wins it. It's it should have been ours. <laughs> <laughs> So tune in to the Game Awards on December 6th at uh, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Um, go to uh, thegameawards.com slash awards to find out the nominees, and uh, they have a link on where you can watch it. Um, I'll probably be watching it while I'm supposed to be podcasting on the Nerdpocalypse. <laughs> Uh, next up in headlines, PlayStation is skipping E3 2019. Um, a Sony rep is quoted as saying, as the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for innovative, opportun- uh, inventive opportunities to engage the community. Uh, PlayStation fans mean the world to us. We always want to innovate, uh, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result... We have decided not to participate in E3 in 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community in 2019, and we can't wait to share our plans with you. Those plans will probably include something that we can fully direct and get the message that we want to get out without any time constraints or any uh, guff from the E3 uh, board or whatever. I just added that last part. Were you shocked by this news? Um, not necessarily shocked. I was, I was a little like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I was surprised, but I wasn't like, oh my God, what am I going to do on Monday? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I, as soon as, um, Nintendo started doing it or started doing their, their own directs opposite E uh, E3, I figured that this would be inevitable um, because I have to imagine that it's a, it's a, it's a kick in the dick to, to get all this shit the way you want to get it. Right. Like, and I, I look at comics um, as a parallel to video games and you know, the, the normal quote unquote pop culture. And I see, you know, companies like Marvel skipping out on San Diego comic-con because mm. they, they have, their own thing that they can that they can do to deliver the message that they want to deliver in the way they want to deliver it without you know the time maybe they don't want to deliver it at 6 p.m. west coast time um maybe maybe there's a a very specific way they want to do it like say what you want about those directs i tune into them and they 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 give you the message that they specifically want without anybody without anybody giving them any back talk or or without any negative crowd reaction like look at Diablo Immortal right <laughs> like uh, can uh, imagine what that would have been like if they were to deliver that message in a in a different type of way a way that they could specifically cater towards maybe they could have tested it with people to to you know with with test audiences to to gauge reaction and then tweaked something you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, i'm not mad at them for doing this i mean and, when nintendo decided to to stop coming to e3 it didn't it didn't feel like a big deal 
Like it was a big deal, but it didn't feel like it. This yeah. felt like a big deal that Sony yeah. wasn't coming. Yeah. And I think because it's Sony, because like Sony and E3 have been so linked across history. I mean, how many like how many of the best like all-time E3 moments were were, were involved by Sony basically? Like like a lot of them were for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and so this feels weird. Um it's not I guess it's not shocking or it shouldn't be shocking because Sony has been more and more kind of putting on their own productions um you know between the PlayStation 4 launch event that they did and all the PlayStation experience events that they did um so it's interesting uh I don't know if this is a permanent thing I I'll take them at their word that they don't have a lot to talk about next summer because I mean like they said days gone will have come out um last of us 2 still might be a ways away at that point Mm-hmm. Um, they're not ready to talk about PlayStation Five yet or anything like that. So it's kind of one of those things where if you don't have anything you know mind blowing to show, why bother showing up and sh- and having a mediocre press conference? You know, like Microsoft has done for the past four years. Yeah, at E three. Um, so I guess we shouldn't be shocked, but it still felt surprising that this news is coming, and it begs it begs a lot of questions. Um, the first one is, what does this mean for E three? going forward does this matter to you is this going to matter to e3 long term is there still enough there that e3 is still going to be like must see must tune in you know event i mean while i watch e3 every year i i feel like you get the most out of e3 if you're going to e3 um it's not a you it's a lot of work to try and follow everything to me and it's not worth it. Like I'll get that information dripped to me, you know, when, when, you know, whenever I see it, I, I, I remember back in the day I used to, I used to record it. Um, I used to, uh, when it was on like G4 and shit like that. And then I would take off work to, to watch the press conferences and now I, uh, maybe it's just me getting older, but I don't, I don't feel it as mm-hmm. much as I, as much as I used to. I don't feel well, that like, magic. Spe- I mean, and I don't know if it's that. just because the past couple E3s haven't really like done anything for me. Well, I think it speaks to what you said earlier about the fact that these companies now have a much easier ability to direct message. Yeah. Now you don't have like, the, it, like E3 doesn't have to be the center of the video game news universe every year because YouTube is a thing. That exists, and yeah. you know, independent events are things that can exist. Um, so that's interesting to say that. The other question that I have is, how badly uh, is Microsoft going to shoot themselves in the dick? Yo, they, <laughs> I mean, if they don't have a banging press conference, I I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> just just pack up and just look. They should just come out there and be like, look, I know we got ninety minutes to fill. We only use ninety seconds. We'll see you next year with the next box. And then that's it. Like, and then just get off the stage. The, they, they have to, I mean, with now nine months of prep time, <laughs> they, there's no way they can fuck this up. Right. Like they have, they have to bring the goods. I mean, they're signing studios. Now I'm not saying those studios are going to have, you know, a lot of stuff to show off by the time we get to next June, but they're bringing all these studios in. 
you know, they got the One X now. It's the most powerful console in the market, Micah. They don't have to worry about talking about Crackdown anymore once we get to the next E3, mm-hmm. which is nice. Like, they, they can't fuck yeah, this but, up, right? But what are they going to talk about? <laughs> I... I I I don't I don't know, man. I don't put it past anybody, uh, especially this generation with Microsoft. They just kind of they just kind of, like you said, shot themselves in the foot very very early on. That's not just, what I said. I said shot themselves in the dick. Uh, in the dick. Sorry. They <laughs> they they took a they took a gun, pointed it at their penis, and pulled the trigger, uh, very early on in this uh, console generation. So I I, I don't know, man. I think I think they should follow suit. Quite frankly, I think they should follow suit. I think they should take this as an opportunity to be like, you know what, we're gonna skip to, and, and come we're back. Gonna, we're gonna go to Mexico City and talk about <laughs> a bunch of nonsense. For- right. <laughs> we're gonna go to Tijuana, where they still where they still care about us. And look, if I'm if I'm a major third party publisher, like not counting EA and and. And the people that already present there, like Activision, for example, like Activision should be booking stage time at E3 yeah. now yeah. to talk about their shit. That would be smart. Fill that void. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, E3 will be interesting. And now, I mean, look, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm a fanboy. Uh, I. I I don't really like I look forward to the PlayStation press conference, right? Cuz it's like it's at night, you know what I mean? Like Ooh. everybody's loosey goosey, right? Like and now I don't really look forward to E3 next year. I know I'm going to miss it. I I enjoy like the past couple of years we've been watching those together and yeah. doing live, you know, reactions and stuff like that. That was a lot of fun. I'm going to miss that this year for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you know, and I say that now come June I'll pro- I'll probably be back all all in, so we'll uh, we'll see. Um, there will be no Nintendo sixty four Classic coming anytime soon. Uh, everybody's uh, every Nintendo fan's favorite stepdad, uh, Reggie Fizami, said that the Nintendo sixty four Classic is quote not in our planning horizon. Now, normally a response like that. <laughs> normally a response like what that could be. What kind of response is that? Well, that's 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 why that guy's good at his job. It's a non-answer. Why don't you just say "not on our horizon" right now? You don't have to say "planning" or no, "we're not planning on it right now." No, no, no. It's not on our planning horizon. You see, we have a horizon, but we have to plan for that horizon. And it's not on our planning horizon. Once it gets on our planning horizon, then we'll plan to have it on the horizon. <laughs> if you say so. I, I'm pretty sure the only reason that this is not happening anytime soon is because getting the games that they actually want to get on this thing is going to involve a lot of backroom dealing with a lot of different companies. That's all it is. Like he can't, he can't, he, he, he also says, uh, we were clear when we when we did the first two classic series that for us these were limited time opportunities that were a way for us as a business to bridge the gap from the conclusion of the Wii U as a hardware system to the launch of the Nintendo Switch. Like that's what really what what what? <laughs> no, no, you you this wasn't this wasn't a bridge. This was oh shit, we need more money. We Wait, some, if it was a bridge, some... you wouldn't have released the SNES after the Nintendo Switch came out. Get right. Thank you. Right. So, so like he's 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 very good at his job. 
He's and then, very and then people will be waiting for the GameCube Classic, which is not going to happen because there are no classic GameCube games. <laughs> I'm being a dick. Oh, God. But that's okay. Hey, they don't need I, a GameCube Classic. All they need to do is keep pumping out GameCube controllers, and that'll, right. that'll satiate those monsters. What is, what is, what's the GameCube Classic have anyway? Super Smash Brothers Melee, so we can finally play it again, because <laughs> we, we never stop playing it. And fucking, what else? I really hope Ultimate, like, really kills Melee, like, the love for Melee. That would be the, the, a delight, like, that, that happened. That would be a delight. If I never had to hear the name Super Smash Brothers Melee ever again for my entire life, it wouldn't be too soon. I swear to God. Um, speaking of names that you will not hear for a long, long time, um, the Call of Duty gamer that ordered a fake swatting uh, that called that uh, that killed an innocent person uh, has pled guilty uh, this week to federal charges related to that, to that incident and uh, and a number of uh, f- other false threats. Uh, this asshole who is 25 uh, of Los Angeles is accused of placing a call to dispatchers in Wichita, Kansas. On December 27th, 2017, claiming to have killed one person and to be holding two others hostage. And when the police responded to the address that this dickhead gave them, uh, they confronted Andrew Finch, a 28-year-old innocent bystander. Police shot Finch dead, saying that they believed he was reaching for a weapon. Finch was not armed. Uh, This prick who made these call will be sentenced on January 30th, 2019. Um, I hope they throw you under the jail, and um, I, 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 I hope you burn in hell and die. Um, we talked about the story when it first happened, and yeah. we were pretty aghast at it. Um, so it's good that, uh, that he will face justice, uh, hopefully with a nice long sentence. Apparently this prick... Um, has placed bomb calls to headquarters of the FBI, the FCC, high schools, universities, shopping malls, and television stations um, because he is a fucking lunatic. Yeah, uh, look. Yeah, he looks like a fucking weirdo, too. Yeah, go to hell. Go to hell and die. Um, That's enough of him. Um, There's a new rumor. Why is there a Ghostbuster? You know what? I just read the caption. Fuck you, Polygon. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rumor that a new Xbox One model is on the horizon, on the planning horizon, and it... <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame we have to title this episode after Survivor Series because planning horizon would definitely be, <laughs> definitely be the winner this week. And uh, this new console is an Xbox One S that does not have a disk drive, according to an unnamed source in a rumor posted on a website that I've never heard of. Um, Again, this is all rumors and speculation, but uh, according to the rumor, the console will run less than $200, so (laughs) $199.99. Okay, uh, and says that uh, Microsoft stores will support a program whereby users can take in physical Xbox One media and trade it in for a digital download on their Xbox Live account. Um, 
apparently Microsoft is moving forward with this very carefully because it knows that a sizable portion of its users do prefer to buy physical games and not download them. Um, because we live, uh, on the coasts, um, we have, uh, uh, ample Wi-Fi. Whereas I assume that people in landlocked states, you know, in, in like where a bunch of red is like, they don't get, they don't have like super fast internet. So I assume that the majority of those people buy their games physically, um, do you think this is the future or do you think our infrastructure uh, in this country is nowhere near um, strong enough for a company to release uh, a diskless system as primary? Not only is our infrastructure not capable um, of doing it, but games are only getting bigger. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2 is, what, 105 gigabytes? Yep. Of install, um, and as we, as games get more complicated and pack more stuff, and they're only going to get larger, so that becomes a problem when you're talking about storage because storage is still fucking expensive and always will be fucking expensive because that's just how memory goes, especially when we're talking like solid state, which I have to imagine in the future it has to be mandatory on these mm-hmm. consoles. Um, data caps are a problem if you are unfortunate enough to be saddled with. Uh, you know, certain ISPs that have data caps that will throttle your data when you get over a certain point, that's certainly going to be a problem. Um, Mike has said coverage. Coverage is a big deal as well. And also just the fact that games are still more so than movies, I think, and more so than, than music, which have shifted towards a fully digital outlook. Games, I think, are still looked at as more of a commodity in a lot of respects. There's still a lot of people that don't want to pay $60 for a game and not have the ability to get something for that game at some point eventually down the road when they're not playing that game anymore. Because $60 is a lot of fucking money mm-hmm. uh, for something that you can't get a get a resale on, basically. So I think that more people than people realize are still you know happy to buy their games in physical format. And I think there's a reason that this is like the budget production skew, right? Like this is just an option out there, but like the one X is not going to ever not have a disc drive. I don't think, and I don't think the next Xbox one is going to not have a disc drive either. Um, I think that we're still way too far away from that. Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, I just, I can't see this being the immediate future. It's hard to like, like I, I think the stream, I think subscription services, is much more of the future part than just being able to download all games all the time forever part of it. I think if they can get um, the streaming part figured out where you have the same, like a relatively same experience, that would be more of where that would go. Um, but yeah, with this, I, like I said, I think they're just looking for a budget option. But it's funny because the people, the type of people that would be looking for a budget option aren't necessarily the type of people that are going to want to download all their games, I think. I don't think, I don't think there's, a, there's a huge uh, overlap there. Yeah, I I agree with you with the subscription thing. How much is Game Pass? Like like ten dollars or something. Ten dollars like a month. Yeah. Like if if Game Pass had decent games on it, I would one hundred percent try Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, the the PlayStation One I think is twice that, and I don't think their catalog is 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 good either. Um, well, and PlayStation you can't even play new games. Like, that's the one appeal with Game Pass. You can pay play all of Microsoft stuff day and date. Yeah, with the regular release. So yeah, so you essentially can you know 
you could try Sea of Thieves for whatever dumbass reason, but <laughs> and not pay any extra for it. So, yeah, Game Pass is a really good deal. They just don't have any games on it. And look, it wouldn't shock me to see them release this and see how it does. Um, maybe they think that this will get more people to buy an Xbox One that have been waiting to buy one. I guess, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's just in, unless the price of games were to just come down dramatically. Which is also not something that's going to happen ever. Right. Um, people, people. I don't know why people think that. Like, if, if we go to an all digital future, just because you're cutting out retailers, that somehow games will magically be ten dollars cheaper. They won't because <laughs> no. games, game, like like games are cheap as it is now at sixty dollars. Like when you look at how much money goes into producing a triple A game. Yeah. So they're not going to go down. <laughs> it's just that no. the companies will make. More profit. Games um, base base games used to cost eighty dollars, folks. Cartridge base games, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and also too, like like again, it's it's the thing I say all the time. Like games have been sixty dollars since the PS3, Xbox three sixty generation. Yet production cost of games has gone up since yeah. then. But yet games are still sixty. Why is that? Well, there's supplemental income sources. But yeah, they're not just going to cut the price of games if all of a sudden you don't have to make brick and mortar stores a thing anymore. They'll just yeah. be making more money. So yeah, they're not going to. They're not worried about. They're not worried about the cost of pressing a game on a disc. No, because because <laughs> on on a macro scale, that cost is negligible. Right. So, <laughs> they account for that while they're but, while they're pricing these things. So. But yeah, I think I think is I think that we're still a ways away. Um, and again, there's enough people that because again, if you, it, like sixty dollars, a lot of people like. If you say, okay, well, games are 60 bucks, and you can only buy, you know, you, you can't trade them in anymore. Well, then people will just buy less games, or they'll wait till they go on sale and play them six months later. Yeah. Like, one of the two things are going to happen. So, I, like I said, I think this is just an experiment. Um, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, the future. And look, if you want a console that doesn't have disk drive, then get this and download all your shit. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what we're doing right now anyway, the, the <laughs> people on this podcast. So Yeah. But yeah, so that is it for uh, for our news stories for this week. Uh, real quick, before we move into Survivor Series talk, uh, don't forget to go to densepixels.com slash Amazon whenever you buy anything. Like, like ooh, when you buy this new Xbox, this $200 Xbox with no disk drive, uh, buy it off densepixels.com slash Amazon. We will get a small percentage of your sale, uh, which helps support the show, which we appreciate. So again, densepixels.com slash Amazon uh, for all items, big or small. Uh, we'll also take care of our housekeeping Real quick, don't forget to go to densepixels.com slash fans to join our Facebook group. Uh, make sure you go follow us on social media uh, at densepixels. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, make sure you check out youtube.com slash densepixels. And, of course, we're all on Twitch as well. Not used as much anymore. Um, Terrence is the most active there. He's Apparition 410. So is Carrie. As sup, it's Carrie. Um, I'm densepixels Brad. And, again, like I said last week, Micah has a Twitch account, uh, Dense Black Nerd, though it does collect dust. Yeah. So that is the video game talk for this episode. Um, we're going to take a quick break and be back with our talk about Survivor Series 28. All right, so Survivor Series uh, 2018 happened uh, as last night as we're recording this. Uh, of course, Survivor Series has become the new like Raw versus SmackDown. Uh, bragging rights show, which lets you see matches that you never see. Uh, but unlike bragging rights, which sucked, um, I like Survivor Series because I like the traditional Survivor Series 
format because it, it makes for some interesting matches and also allows them to further uh, some storylines for down the road as they did here uh, with this event. Um, we also will talk about TakeOver real quick as well because NXT TakeOver uh, had a nice lean four-match, well, I guess technically five-match card um, <laughs> this week. So we'll, And so, like I said, we don't go through these matches blow by blow. Uh, we more talk about the implications and, and, and what we saw with these. Uh, so let's get into TakeOver real quick. Um, Michael, what do you think of Matt Riddle, uh, King of Bros, Matt Riddle? So I generally only watch TakeOvers. That's my NXT uh, intake, just because NXT would be our six, four, six of wrestling yeah. a week. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, so I catch it when I catch it. So this is my first experience with Matt Riddle. Um, I got kind of a kind of a Johnny Utah vibe from him. Um. <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> that you say that because literally, um, as he was giving his promo in the middle of the ring, my wife, uh, who had not seen Matt Riddle either to that point, uh, literally said the words, settle down there, point break. <laughs> Look, man, I I hate that um, archetype of person in real life, but yeah. I, for some reason, I like Matt Riddle's take on it because he <laughs> leans into it so hard. Um, between like the kicking off of the fucking flip flops when he gets into the ring and you know all that shit, um, he gets to fight Cash's. He called out Cash's owner. They're supposed to wrestle next week on NXT, um, but he called him down and knocked him out and pinned him in about five seconds. <laughs> Uh, with a knee to the face. Um, apparently, Matt Riddle's like really awesome. So we'll have to see as time goes along. Um, he was a big deal on the indie circuit. Okay. Um, so we'll see. And Cash Zono continues to play the uh, <laughs> the sad gatekeeper uh, for all the new NXT talents, <laughs> which I guess isn't the worst position to be in, but kind of a bum deal. Yeah. For for the former Chris Hero. Um. Next up was the two out of three falls NXT Women's Championship match between Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Um, Shayna Baszler, I've grown more impressed with as time has gone along. She still can't cut a promo to save her life. No, she still sounds. She's she looks like she she's very awkward with a microphone, but um, her in ring ability has gotten much better. Yeah, she can she can kick your ass, and I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I one hundred percent knew who was going to win. Oh, there was uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, Espe- especially once her uh, her her uh, MMA compatriots came down to the ring relatively early. By the way, yeah, um, that was a little surprising that they came down so soon. Also, a little weird that they came down at all. Honestly, you would have expected them to do like a stipulation that barred them from ringside based on how the last match went yeah. at Evolution. Um, but yeah, so yeah, but like you said, I I knew hundred percent that that she was gonna win. Um, I don't know who's gonna be lined up next for her for a title challenge though in NXT. Um, how's that black chick doing with the long hair? She's doing name. fine. Um, but she's also like a mega heel. Like it would be weird to put her against Baszler because oh, okay. they don't have like that baby face. Um, you know, up and comer. Right now, unless they unless they put a rocket on uh, the new Japanese lady whose name I don't remember, uh, that just made a big impression at the Mae Young Classic. Uh, the one that well. did that beautiful um, uh, moonsault, yes, moonsault that that yeah. helped. Yeah, Jesus that helped Christ, Christ well, so. that was gorgeous. 
Yep, that is her uh, MO. Um, so we'll see there. Uh, this is not the best match they wrestled. I still think the best one they did was when Kyrie Sane first won the title um, from her, mm. from Shayna Baszler. So go back and watch that one if you haven't seen it. Um, next up was the I forget me. I don't have a run sheet in front of me. Uh, Alistair Black. Oh and yes, Johnny Gargano. Uh, this match was one of was the match of the night for me for Takeover. Hmm. Um, I love Johnny Gargano. I think is probably the best pure in ring storyteller that they have in WWE right now. I think that that ability of his is highly underrated. Uh, I agree with that. Um, you know, uh, as much as I've, I, I've only seen uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa wrestle like eight times, um, but I enjoyed their program. Even as you know, the third the third time is like, all right, you know, I, I'm getting kind of used to this, but I. I do enjoy it, and yeah, this guy knows this guy knows what he's doing, man. Like, I I really enjoyed this match. It wasn't it wasn't my match of the night, but uh, I'm a little biased um, <laughs> for uh, the guy in the next match. Um, but yeah, I dug it. I just like I said, I just I love I like um, I like uh, shit heel Johnny Gargano, um, who is who is interesting as a heel cuz like I said he's doing the thing where he doesn't understand why the crowd's not vibing on him yeah. <laughs> anymore um so that that was pretty fun Alistair Black kind of being back to more Alistair Blackish things is good I really enjoyed the little thing at the end of the match before he black mass him for the second time where he basically is like I absolve you of your sins and then kicked him in the face <laughs> um to pin him look I thought the action was good I do enjoy that they played uh, with the tropes of these characters. Like, Alistair Black did his, like, backflip off the second rope into the sit-out position, but then Gargano came in the ring and kicked him in the head <laughs> because he knew he was going to do it. Um, and I also enjoyed, like, I saw this coming a mile away, but when Black stepped up and kneed Gargano in the face, who was diving through the ropes, um, that looked particularly brutal Yeah, as well. Like I said, just a really good match. Um, I'll be interested to see what heel Johnny Gargano looks like, and I'll be interested to see if Alistair Black Gets the title back from Tommaso Ciampa because this was also a number one contenders match, yeah. Uh, as well, so we'll see where that goes from here. Um, leads into the next match, uh, which was Tommaso Ciampa defending his NXT title against you are my personal favorite NXT wrestler right now, the Velveteen Dream. Yo, I really like this guy, and I know uh, Malcolm is probably like cursing me out, like, "What the fuck? Why do you like that fucking guy?" But, um. And I, I'm very curious, Malcolm. Is it is it the gimmick? Is it the gimmick that is turning you off? Because it, I, I can kind of understand where you're coming from if it's the gimmick, but but I I don't know. I, it's different, and I I like it. But if it's it can't be the guy's athleticism, right? Like, I mean, the guy can perform, man. <laughs> I, not not only can he perform physically in the ring, but like I said, he had it, this match was. It's funny because it showed me. It showed me a couple things. It showed me that Velveteen Dream is not necessarily ready no, he's to be not. the flag to be the standard bearer for the company. For, no. for well, not for the company, but for NXT. Like like he he did not win this match and he should not have because he's not at the level yet to carry that belt, I don't think. And that and this match actually exposed that. But that being said, <laughs> I still love the the fucking the, the experience yeah. as he likes to call it. Yeah. Like like this dude's coming down in the ring. In his fucking Hollywood Hogan, like mock-up gear, which is amazing. Like, like the, first of all, any any takeover that Velveteen Dream is on, that's the first thing I need to know. Is what's what's the ring gear? 
yeah. looking like. I was not expecting the Hollywood Hogan uh, homage uh, coming out, which is awesome. But he also played it up during the match, man. He did all the Hogan shit. Yeah. He did all the Hogan stuff, which, uh, like I said, you can, to varying degrees of, of acceptance from fans, but look, fuck Hulk Hogan. Do his yeah, shit. Yeah, fuck him, yo. Do his like, thing. Do it and do it better, because that's what he did. So I, and 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 to to his point, after the leg the leg drop wasn't enough by itself because <laughs> after the leg drop he did his you know his Death Valley Driver, which is the best Death Valley Driver that's ever existed. Yeah, man, I uh, I like that guy, but I one hundred percent agree with you. He's not ready, you know, all that call me up Vince on his tights and shit. Like, no, you're not ready for that. You're not ready for all that yet. No, and he and he's a guy, and he's still young as shit. He's what twenty three. Yeah, he's, I think yeah, they say he just 20s. turned twenty three years old. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's still got a ways to go, and he's still got a ways to get there. Um, but I think he's on the right path. And like I said, once again, uh, he looked like a million bucks uh, one year after his, you know, his coming on the scene match against Aleister Black uh, at the last Takeover War Games yeah. uh, last November. So he looked great. I feel like we're giving Tommaso Ciampa the short end of the stick um, by praising Velveteen Dream. He's also a very good in ring performer, and and someone. Who it's it's funny because like I said up to this point he's pretty much only worked against Johnny Gargano, uh, Johnny Gargano as a singles wrestler yeah so it was cool to see him against somebody else um and and doing and that's and I it helped me appreciate him more as well uh, seeing him not just paired up with Gargano yeah. all the time so um good match so this was your match of the night I assume um yeah yeah I I really enjoyed that match I, I like watching Velveteen Dream work. And, um, and like you said, Tommaso Ciampa, I could, yeah, I could appreciate him a little better because I, like I said, I don't watch a lot of NXT, uh, and the last three takeovers that I've seen, they've all been against the same guy. So yeah, I dug it. And I, I love Tommaso Ciampa as a heel. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's got that. He, he does the heel thing, right? Where it's like, ah, I hate you, ah, but I don't really hate you. But I know I'm supposed to hate you, and I do, but I actually kind of like you. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Like I said, I, 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 it's his, my appreciation for him has grown by leaps and bounds because he was just, to me, like when he, they were in DIY, he was just the other guy that teamed up with Johnny Gargano. Right. Like, so, like I said, putting the belt in, I, was, I raised an eyebrow, uh, but it's definitely paid off very well so far. Um, the main event uh, was the War Games match, uh, the Undisputed Era taking on the makeshift team of Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and War Raiders. Um, this was a little bit of a letdown for me, just because that they they did a few of the greatest hits spots um, that you also saw at the TakeOver War Games last year. Look, man, if I could see another multi-man tag match uh, that does not feature a Tower of Doom spot, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm just tired of seeing it. I'm just tired of seeing it. Um, War Games, I like. I love the War Games concept. Um, I loved it in WCW. Uh, they cheapened it over the later stages of WCW because WCW hasn't meant anything. They couldn't fuck up <laughs> 10 ways to Sunday. Um, but I, lo- I like the concept of War Games. I love the fact that the heels always get the man advantage because why would you do it any other way? Um I even like NXT's remixed version of it. Like I said, it's weird not having the enclosed cage. Um, but at the same time, adding the rule in that, you know, you're disqualified if you leave the cage uh, just gives you the room to go on top of the cage and do some shit that you couldn't normally do 
in a War Games match. Yeah. Um, but for me, like the first half of the match was kind of lame. Um, it didn't really pick up until the plunder started coming into play. Yeah. Um, Undisputed Era having branded steel chairs is the most fucking <laughs> Undisputed Era thing of all time, <laughs> by the way, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, I do like the spot that they had um, where Mike, where uh, Bobby Fish tried to keep Pete Dunne in his shark gauge, uh, even though, again, why someone wouldn't have a pair of bolt cutters on standby, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, professional <laughs> wrestling, guys, we have to suspend our disbelief. Uh, and the War Raiders, I, th- I thought, were pretty cool as well. They hadn't done much for me up to this point, uh, I but I did really enjoy them in this match. Those guys can brutalize some dudes. Um, and Pete Dunne was cool too. The only person that I didn't really care for in this match was Ricochet, just because he didn't really alter his wrestling style to accommodate for the 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 war games part of it, which I thought was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I like Ricochet just fine, but um, it he did more Ricochet, and like you said, it didn't really nothing really. Nothing really changed. I mean, I, look, everybody loves the the big high flying spots, right? Like, what was it a, a was it what was it a moonsault or a four fifty that he did? Um, uh, on to everybody, like, all right, like, oh, that's cool, right? But one, this match was for me, it was paced kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It was almost fifty minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, the war. So it it takes a long time to get to the war games part because you have to wait for everyone to get in the match in the first place. Yeah, I guess that's just a a flaw of the format. But well, no, but it's still they still could have once you got that going, it still didn't need to take another twenty five minutes. Yeah, from that point. Um, yeah, like the whole point of that match is is the the lead up to the war game starting is the beatdown that's supposed to happen. So that once the once the last guys come in, like the fresh men come in, then the match usually only ends like 10 or 15 minutes after that because everyone else is beat to hell. And instead, they they took that as, all right, now we're going to start doing the four-man spots right. that we wanted to do before the match really got rock and rolling. And don't get me wrong. Those spots were cool, like fucking Hanson diving across from the opposite turnbuckle to go through that table was fucking awesome. Uh, the, the, the part that I appreciated the most was when – Kyle O'Reilly had Pete Dunne locked in like a surfboard submission, and the other three guys of the of the undisputed era were at the edge of the one ring, like warding, like holding off the other guys so that they couldn't get over it to break up the submission. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that that's that's smart pro wrestling. Like that's that's good shit. And the way that they did that by just literally like throwing Ricochet over like over their heads to the other side <laughs> was pretty inventive as well. Um but yeah, it just plotted along a little too much. I thought last year's rendition was a little bit better, even though it had the weird, you know, three team format. Yeah, last year. Um. So, but yeah, it's it, it it was a little bit of a downer. Um. I'm I was also a little salty that Adam Cole, uh, or that Unspeed Air lost as well because <laughs> I'm told I told him in the tank for those guys. Yeah, I kind of like Adam Cole, man. I kinda he's pretty like awesome. Yeah, I kind of like that guy. I don't I know what t- it is about him. He's got he's got it. You know what I mean? Yes. So and and then now they're going to tease a feud between Ricochet and and Pete Dunne because of course they will. So, <laughs> so that was Takeover. Uh, like I said, a nice a nice svelte card uh, this year, um, and it was fine. Uh, I don't think it was one of the best takeovers. Um, I think the singles matches in the middle were definitely the the standouts of the show for me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, everyone always likes to. Compare NXT and the the takeovers with the WWE event. Uh, I don't, which I think is totally unfair. By the yeah, way. I, I don't like doing that. Um, 
I, I, I enjoyed both, uh, for, for what they were. Um, yeah, takeover was, takeover was great. It's a testament to takeover that I can only, I only watch takeover, but I know who people are and, and I'm caught up very quickly, um, as to why these people are, are doing what they're doing. So. Well, that and the always impressive WWE uh, video game, video packages that they put together. Yeah, man. I mean, I can just watch that for 20 minutes. Fuck three hours of Raw, <laughs> two hours of SmackDown, an hour of 205 Live, and an hour of NXT. You can do all that in an hour with those video packages, and I'll be caught up. Yeah. So that moves us on to Survivor Series, the battle for brand supremacy. Um, I did not watch the pre-show, but uh, that was one by Team SmackDown, which wouldn't actually matter. As the night went along, apparently. so stupid, dude. Like, like they made a big deal about it happening, but mm, nope, it didn't happen on the main show. So, so fuck you. Apparently the reason that it happened, by the way, is the most like WWE reason of all time. It's actually a very WCW-esque reason. Apparently Vince didn't really communicate his plans for what he was doing with Survivor Series to, the, to whoever was putting the pre-show together. Mm-hmm. So when they made the match, they didn't even... Like, they could have easily just had Raw win that match. Right. But they didn't know that that's what he was trying to do for the event. So they just booked the match however they wanted to book it and <laughs> kind of fucked up the whole... Uh, they had to keep reminding us during the during the main show that the preacher didn't count. Right. All right. So. All, right. Uh, all right. God damn. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, so we get to the main show proper. Um, we start with the women's uh, Survivor Series elimination match. Uh, Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Uh, you have uh, Nia Jax, Tamina, uh, Alexa Bliss, or not? Alexa Bliss is the co- the captain. Um, Bailey and Sasha. Who was the fifth? Uh, Mickey James was the fifth woman as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling against Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, um, Naomi. Why am I? Why am uh, I struggling? Carmella. To yes. And Oscar. And Oscar. Yes. Thank you. So th- those were your teams. Um, the big story here. Is of course Nia Jax, uh, brand brand new minted uh, X Pox Vicky Guerrero level heat heel <laughs> Nia Jax uh, because she accidentally broke Becky Lynch's face on Monday Night Raw and put her out of action for a little bit of time. So, Mike, my question is this: What are your thoughts on using a worker who made a careless botch that injured one of your top stars right now, uh, getting a push? Off uh, on the back of that accident that happened. I mean, I, I I I guess I see what they're doing. I I would think that that she would be not punished, but like that's usually what they do, right? When, when like, that happens, those they they usually they usually uh, put the kibosh on the push. Now it's a little bit difficult with her because she has a title match coming um, that she was guaranteed by winning the battle Royal and evolution, but it just feels odd that they're like really leaning into this to build up heat for her. I didn't, I, I think they didn't, I think they weren't anticipating like the level of heat that this would generate. Like, especially with them going back and forth on Twitter. Like anybody going to ask me how my hand feels like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yo, like shut up, man. Uh, you, you literally ruined a money match. Like, <laughs> right. It's, it, it, it is, it is, it is, it is kind of weird. And it's it not, the f- and it's not like it's the first time, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's had a couple botches before, man. And it's just, 
it's weird. It's weird, but it it is also in today's WWE, it is not surprising at all. Because yeah, I, I I think Vince in his old age is just like fuck these fans. I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever I want to do to 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 troll them. Yeah, we'll talk about the fans later because I'm so tired of smart crowds. I say it every fucking time we do one of these things. But... <sighs> All right, we'll get there. Um, also, this match reminded me that Sasha Banks is awesome and needs to be at the top of the title scene. Yeah, on Raw, she 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 was the MVP in this match. Um, and I could I could stand to see her and Oscar in a nice uh nice program. Yeah, yeah, that'll be another person that Oscar uh, loses to. Um, <laughs> I. It, <laughs> I think Vince has uh some some sort of deep seated uh hatred from from Japan's actions in World War Two. Cause he just does not like these Japanese wrestlers. I mean, I don't know, Nakamura's had the US title for the has he? like ha- six ha- months or seven has months. He? Has yeah. he? Has yeah. he been on TV? TV, yes. <laughs> uh wrestling and pay-per-views. Not as much. <laughs> But he was in the next match where he wrestled Seth Rollins, uh, Intercontinental Champion versus U.S. Champion. Um, I gotta I, say, man, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I I just I do not like how this match was how the ending was booked, man. Uh, I don't like I didn't like this whole match, man. And and I don't know I don't know if it was just a clash of styles that these two just don't jive well together because of their particular style of wrestling, um, or if they're saving like the good match for an for a money feud against these guys down the road. But th- this match was just kind of lackluster for me. Um, kind of oddly paced, very slow. Um, so I don't, I don't think it played to Seth Rollins's strengths very much. Cause this is the worst Rollins match that I'd seen in. I couldn't even tell you when mm. the last, like, uh, like not good Seth Rollins match happened. Mm. So I, I was really disappointed. Um, in this, I, I was expecting it to be better because again, Heel Nakamura um, has made me appreciate him a little bit more. I think his character works better as a heel uh, than it does as babyface. Um, the ending I didn't like either. Uh, I think I think the ending served to make Nakamura look very bad um, in, in all respects. And you you mentioned about you know Seth Rollins' performance. I figured that was because you know, of the other big, his big storyline, right? The fact that, that the shield is, his best friend is gone fighting cancer and, and his other best friend is, it hates him now. Right. And I figured that would be the thing that is weighing on Seth Rollins. It's preventing him from being the Seth Rollins that he normally is. Right. Well, if that's, if that's the case, then the announced team didn't do a good enough job of selling that story. Right, and that's audience, and that's what so. I'm saying, man. Like this would have been a perfect opportunity to 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 have him lose this big match, put uh, uh, Nakamura over. Because honestly, dude, like I'm not fucking bullshitting. I cannot remember the last time I saw Shinsuke Nakamura in a in a match since last time I saw him in a match. And I watched SmackDown, you know, relatively regularly. The last time I saw him in a match was against AJ Styles. And no. again, you can you can have like I'm I'm shocked that Ambrose didn't have a run in. Yeah, in man, match. like th- this was a golden opportunity to have some screwy finish to to help further a story, and it didn't happen. And I was just like, wow, this is kind of weird, man. Yeah, it, 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 I didn't care for it that much. Um, to me, it was the worst match of the night. I thought 
which for Seth Rollins match sounds incredible to say. Yeah. But it is. Um, here's another thing that you and I have no concept of, the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> the, Buddy Murphy, who's allegedly the champion, uh, taking on Mustafa Ali, who always seems to be the challenger whenever we're doing these these uh, live event reviews. Yeah. Um, look, here's the thing with the Cruiserweights. People were telling us all the time, and it's even in the questions, uh, the Dense Pixels post off this week, how 205 Live is the best hour of wrestling we're not watching. And I disagree with you, and here's why. The Cruiserweights, to me, are I don't watch them for the same reason that I don't make it a point to watch indie wrestling. Because in indie wrestling, you have a lot of guys who are really good at the physical part of it, who can put together a lot of great spots, but the storytelling in the ring is usually lackluster, mm-hmm. and the builds to the matches are usually lackluster as well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is just performance um, to the nth degree, which is fine, but it doesn't invest me emotionally into the match. They tried to sell like Mustafa Ali as, you know, oh, he's the great underdog and he's the heart and soul of 205 Live and, you know, this is his big opportunity. But I just saw that six months ago <laughs> against Cedric Alexander yeah. and he didn't get the job done there either. Yeah. So the match was fine. Um, I don't think it was like a five star match by any stretch of the imagination. Like it was a good match. It was a competent match. It's not making me tune into 205 Live next week. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, I enjoyed it. But, yeah, like you said, I I, I don't even know when 205 Live comes on. Uh, Tuesdays before, or is it after? It's, exactly. It's after, <laughs> or, sorry, Wednesdays after NXT. Exactly. when that comes on. So, so uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the match. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. But I could not give a fuck. Yeah, it's that's... That was the big thing with that. Again, fine match. Didn't care. Didn't care. Um, I take back my Rollins worst match of the night comment because this match was the worst match of the night. Uh, the bar, the SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions against a, uh, the Authors of Pain were actually, they're, they're just AOP now. They're not even the Authors of Pain anymore. Just AOP. And maybe it's too uh, violent for the PG era. <laughs> the Raw Tag Team Champions. <laughs> um, what, a, what a waste of a match, man. And the bar deserved better. Like, AOP are big hosses that can run through guys, and that's cool. That's all they are. They can't talk. That's why they keep having to give them managers. Yeah. Um, and look, the, the fucking piss pants spot seems very <laughs> attitude airish. Not not in the good way. Yeah. Attitude era ish. Yeah, which is which is most of what the attitude era was. The not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> people people clamor for that shit. No, you do you do not want that back. Trust me. Um, what did you What did you think about the match? I I barely looked at this. I match. honest I honestly was was playing a video game during this match, so <laughs> it it didn't really do anything for me. I, as much as I'm tired of seeing the bar fight the new day, like those are the matches that I like with them. The tag team division is just both of them are fucked right now. I mean, for Christ's sake, in in the in the pre show on the Raw tag team was like fucking lucha superhero hour or whatever the fuck that tag team is called <laughs> who they had to throw together at the last minute just to fill out that roster you know and on the other side you have the colognes who i haven't seen on tv <laughs> since they wore matador outfits i don't think filling out the smackdown side it's not good man they're in a, they're the tag divisions in a rough spot and they and and they're not doing it any favors by giving it short shift all the time yeah, um, I, I've always heard sh- I've always heard rumors that Vince just doesn't like tag teams. 
And look, if that's the case, that's fine. I think that moving um, the New Day over to... Well, I guess, no, I guess they moved the bar over to SmackDown. That was dumb, because you've now overloaded the SmackDown tag yep. division, where those teams can't get the, the time featured that they need to. And then the Raw tag team division is threadbare right, right. now. <laughs> I mean, when, when, you, when you have the, uh, a slapped-together team of Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, and that's basically <laughs> your top tag team on Raw to challenge the AOP, it's a bit of an issue, yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah. God, so, God damn it. And I wrestling. love I love tag team wrestling, man. I love good tag team wrestling. It still yeah. pisses me off that the Revival aren't uh, in a more prominent position Yeah, right now. I think I think they're getting dicked over because I love the Revival. I think I think the Revival does it does it the best right now, but we'll uh Yeah, we'll man, they they, they, they they remind me of the old Steiner brothers, man. Like I, I just Anyway. It's it's yeah. just fucking sucks. Uh, are we going to talk about the attention whore, or are we going to not give him attention? Oh, oh, yeah, let's fucking talk about fucking my arch nemesis. <laughs> fucking, so for those of you that don't that don't know this, um, the, the beginning of the tag match was kind of marred by Enzo Amore, <laughs> who bought a ticket to Survivor Series, was sitting a couple rows behind uh, the hard camera, on on the on the on the side where you can see, and he apparently got kicked out of the arena uh, because he was being Enzo Amore. This is after uh, he got kicked off a flight to vac- or Los Angeles because he wouldn't stop vaping. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, fuck Enzo Amore. Uh, he's awful, uh, and he is you know he's a shithead. He's and, a- and again, was this the guy that said, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm you're never going to see me in wrestling again." Right. Like, like, he didn't want anything to do with wrestling anymore now after he got fucking fired because he was a dick. Like, this guy is really coming off like like a bitter, jilted, you know, ex. And it, it's sad. It's sad, yo. Like, you're not, you're not, this isn't badass. Like, this isn't, oh, I showed them, you can't teach that. No, nah, bro, you had to go in in a disguise and then have to make it about yourself. Like, all right, yo. Look, if right, I had just... a dime for every person that missed Enzo Amore in WWE, I would have exactly zero dimes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there, and I do appreciate it. Yeah. So fuck, fuck that guy. Uh, I can't stand him. Um, so the next up, we have the men's Survivor Series elimination tag match. Uh, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler... Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, and Bobby Lashley representing Raw against Shane McMahon, The Miz, uh, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe for SmackDown. Um, This match was done in the way that these matches, I don't mind them doing, to further the storylines on their respective shows (laughs) that was going on right now. Yeah. I was a little shocked to see Joe get shit canned in about two, 30 seconds. Yeah, so was that crowd. <laughs> uh, well, and that's why they did it. That's why they did it, to make McIntyre look great and to, to do the shock value uh, for Samoa Joe getting eliminated early on. Uh, so SmackDown was in a, in a tough hole right away. But look, I, I got to tell you something. Drew McIntyre didn't care for him in his initial run. He was a, a waste of space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really enjoying Drew McIntyre 2.0 who learned how to be a professional wrestler in the two years that he was not in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he has really, I mean, he 
that literally metamorphosized. Like he, is, <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks like not only did he just get thicker, but he looks like he got taller. He I don't looks know. like he got taller, older, like he visibly looks older than he did. Yeah, when man. he was in WWE. And he can talk now. Yeah. He can wrestle really well. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I like Drew McIntyre a lot. And I also like Finn Balor kicking him in the head after he tagged himself into the match because <laughs> Drew McIntyre was not trustful, uh, trusting in Finn Balor in this match. <sighs> um and again, can we can we all can we all pay praise to our Lord and Savior? Mike Mazanin for being the best fucking wrestler <laughs> in WWE today. I loved how he was putting over Shane McMahon so hard in this match. Yeah, the Miz has come uh, a very, very long way from that annoying white guy on the real world. Um, yeah, man, this was this was cool. Like, like you look at you look at this group, and it's just like, wow, these are very disparate characters. Like. I want like I'm 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 curious, right? Like I'm wondering what's actually going to happen. Like this was a good, this was a good Survivor Series, you know, style match. I I really it enjoyed it. Said so Rey Mysterio looked like a million dollars. Um, still, which still boggles my mind. Yeah, considering like I said he ain't been around for <laughs> for a couple years and he still looks great. Um, Braun Strowman, I, unfortunately, he's lost a little bit of momentum. I feel like. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think they're going to build him back up, um, into that title contender. I'm afraid now that the fans are going to turn on him the way that they turned on Roman Reigns though, because now he's the guy. Yeah. Now he's the dude that's getting the push. Yeah. And that, that, that's just what wrestling fans nowadays do, man. Like whatever's popular, just like, fuck you. No. Like whenever they sniff, whenever they sniff like the a chosen one, like they just the the, the dark hand of its man, right? They, right. They, they recoil <laughs> instinctively. Yeah, and it's funny because like I I think that McIntyre will be right there as well, but they'll cheer him because he wrestled in the Indies for a couple of years. So <laughs> I guess that gives him credit. And, and, and yes, I'm calling TNA the Indies because they will fucking be <laughs> at this point. <laughs> So, yeah, I like I said, I like I enjoyed the 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 booking of this match. I I do think it did well to further the storytelling. Now you have Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre that can that can come to blows. Um, we have the Corbin Braun Strowman uh, reckoning to look forward to, which should be interesting as well. Yes, um, Bobby Lashley certainly was there for this yeah, match. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. Like I read somewhere that he wanted to be a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, he might as well be. It was, he wasn't doing anything as a as a babyface, so. right? And and I'm glad that they gave him someone that can talk for him because he can't talk. Like to be as big as that guy is, he should not sound like Jay. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's not an insult to Jay, by the way. right? It just it, it just isn't like it just, it, yeah, it, you know. So uh, I I don't know what they're doing with him. Um, I I have a feeling that the Leo Rush thing will will wear out its welcome very very quickly. Oh, it already has. I can't stand that dude. He's yeah, it, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, he's doing what he's doing what he's supposed to right, do. Right, he's doing his job. He's 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 supposed to be irritating as hell. Right, he truly is irritating as hell. Yeah, it, it ain't it ain't the good irritating. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to the two matches that make this show really worth uh, tuning in for. Uh, let's start with the 
thrown together women's match. This is, of course, supposed to be Becky Lynch against Ronda Rousey. Uh, Becky Lynch had her face busted. Uh, she chose Charlotte Flair, her new arch nemesis, mm-hmm. uh, to take her spot in this match. Mm-hmm. This isn't this isn't just any spot, Micah. This is her spot. Yeah, in this horse in this horsewoman feud uh, that's that's happening right now. Um, so here's the deal. I've I've really enjoyed what they've been doing with Charlotte since Evolution because ever, after Evolution, uh, she has had a lot of self doubt in her with her character because like Paige, like, hey, will you captain the women's team? She's like, eh, I don't know. She wouldn't be out there when they announced the women's team, even though Paige put her on it. So she's been playing up this self doubt thing, mm-hmm. um, and the payoff manifested itself uh, at Survivor Series where she sensed she sensed the the end coming against Ronda Rousey and she decided to just lose her mind and beat the shit out of her with a kendo stick and stomp a steel chair over a windpipe <laughs> as well which is good which is good that's that's a level of dimension that i think that we're ready to see from this character yeah i um i enjoyed it but i you know i wonder if i enjoyed it partly because you know, Ronda Rousey is doing fine as a professional wrestler. You know, I, I, there are certain things that she does where it's like, I think that she like forgets that she's a professional wrestler. So there's a level of acting that has to go to go into like the pre-match stuff. But, um, I really enjoy seeing Ronda Rousey get her face kicked in. Like I really, there's something about it. I, I, I don't like Ronda Rousey's face. <laughs> and I enjoy, and I really enjoy seeing people beat her up. I don't know what it is. I, 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 I don't know. She but, did take a savage beating as well. And I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was amazeballs. Um, but I, I enjoyed this match. I, I thought that this was, you know, if, if things had played out the way they were supposed to play out, I thought that this would have been, your WrestleMania women's match, right? This, uh, and it's funny too, because because Charlotte Flair, I know that she uses some Ric Flair isms in the match, and it's inevitable. You're gonna, you have to, right? Yeah. I, I this was the most Ric Flair match I've ever seen her in, um, because she was really nasty even before like the kendo stick beat down. And she also did like slapping Ronda in the face while she had her in the figure four. Yeah. Um, you know, going in with the chop blocks and stuff like that. Like that's good stuff. And, and again, having her kind of reach this breaking point because for the first time in her life, in her professional career, she's had to face real adversity is a very human, very human story to tell. Yeah. Um, but if she's going to act like a vicious, like a vicious, like she's even punching referees, man. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's assaulting referees and shit. And she broke two kendo sticks over Ronda Rousey. Uh, I and, cre- and credit Ronda Rousey for taking that, for taking that beat down. Um, not that, I mean, not that it's anything she hasn't done before. Oh, right. But, uh, so but here's, here's where my, my issue with the crowd comes into play. So for the past several weeks, crowd has been booing, Charlotte Flair, despite the fact that Charlotte Flair was the baby face in the story and Becky Lynch was the heel. They, of course, love Becky Lynch, so they must boo Charlotte Flair. Right. Well, Charlotte Flair did about as heelish a thing as you could have done. Like, she was beating the shit out of Ronda Rousey to the point where it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. And But yet, they cheer it. They cheer for her. 
And 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 the, like the smarks drive me insane, man. <laughs> like I get it's cool to it's cool to be like the counterculture and it's cool to to rail against the man, but just fucking do what they want you to do. A little bit of consistency, folks. Right. Like that would be like, you've really been, nice. You've been booing her. <laughs> you've been booing her. And I don't I I think um I, I look, I expected I expected it from the crowd, right? I expected them to immediately um side with Charlotte because that's what crowds do nowadays, right? What I did not expect was as Rhonda was getting her ass beat to for them to chant, you deserve it. Does she? Yeah. They they say that while while she's getting her ass beat. No, no, I, I know that happens. I'm saying, does she really? The, exactly. Deserves to take that exactly just because she she dared to be successful. Exactly, man. Early? Like what what the fuck, dude? Like I, I I am sick and tired. Like I understand the frustration with having part timers come in and and assume the spotlight. I get that. That's not what she is. Right. Like, all we could talk about after WrestleMania was how impressive Ronda Rousey was in her debut. So you shouldn't be upset or surprised that they put the belt on her only a few months after. And it's not like she's doing a poor job. Right. Uh, it's just And it's not like she's not wrestling a full-time schedule. Yeah, that Very was nice. my that was my thing. Like, oh, Ronda Rousey's just going to be here for, you know, she's going to be here for for uh uh four pay-per-views out of right. the she's, year. She's going to Brock Lesnar it right. all year. Right. But she's not been the case. She's, she's on TV every week. Right. So she's like, doing oh, live man. events every week. So I, I I just don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like it makes me. It, this is what makes me ashamed of being a wrestling fan. When I tell people I like wrestling, this that that crowd is the reason why I'm I'm ashamed to tell people I'm a wrestling fan. And look, they can use they can use the reaction to finally do the fucking horsewoman versus horsewoman feud because, and you know that the MMA horsewomen aren't going to get cheered. Because right. why would they? They'd be the heels. So fine if you're gonna if you're gonna reverse alignment. That's cool, but you can't have a baby face come in and just beat the brakes off of somebody and not get booed. Right. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work, at least. I mean, it, we're in, we we probably sound like fucking old men screaming at clouds right now. <laughs> That's it, it. It just bugs me. It just and it's only the big four events. It's only the events that we talk about on this show. Yeah. That you see that you would see that. So. Well, that gets us to the main event. Uh, this was supposed to be AJ Styles versus uh, Brock Lesnar in a rematch of last year's Survivor Series. But then Daniel Bryan had to go up and turn heel and win the WWE title <laughs> on SmackDown last week. Uh, are you surprised that Daniel Bryan has decided to turn to the dark side? Um, the initial shock, the initial turn was kind of shocking. Uh, and then I read that uh, Daniel Bryan wanted to be a heel for a while. And then I read that... Um, AJ, uh, AJ Styles contract will be up soon and they haven't quite nailed down the negotiation. Well, and also he apparently wants to cut back on his schedule a little bit. So he wanted yeah. to drop the title. Yeah. Cause he's, for that reason. yeah. Cause he, yeah, cause Samoa Joe was right. Like <laughs> he, was the, he was like, I, I gotta go see my family. So, um, but I like it. I like heel Daniel Bryan. Uh, maybe we could turn him into a lion now instead of like a goat. 
Oh, he's 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 like fucking like shit 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 healed Daniel Bryan as well. Yeah, I find man. it hilarious that they basically turned him and Gargano at the same time. Like yeah. the, these two guys who were like the unimpeachable baby faces of WWE are both heels, <laughs> and the crowds are totally behind it. That's why I can't understand. I, I can't look, understand these people. Man. Look, I I've given up uh, trying to understand a wrestling crowd for a very very long time. Um, how AJ Styles hasn't invested in wearing a cup uh, during his wrestling matches, also, by the way, at this point is beyond me. I mean, it just he, makes he's getting him, kicked in the balls. It just makes him look like a bumpkin, right? But at the same time, <laughs> like, how are you gonna like? You can only really do the cup thing if you can prove that he's wearing it, and he's not gonna drop his tights to be like, <laughs> ah, see, I'm wearing a cup. You can't get me. I'm smarter than you. Like, <laughs> so you know, it's I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, like, let's find a different way that we can that we can. Uh, 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 hit AJ Styles uh, with some sort of disqualifying blow, please. Yeah. Um, so, of course, he's wrestling Brock Lesnar now. Um, now, I will tell you, it's tricky business doing this. But I both love and hate when they can use a real-world injury to manipulate fans' <laughs> emotions during the match. <laughs> because that beatdown that Daniel Bryan took in the, for the first 10 minutes of this match was brutal. Uh, especially with the knowledge of his concussion and neck injury history. Yes. Over the course of his career. And again, can we all uh, pay homage or pay, uh, pay respects to the greatest of all time, Paul Heyman, uh, who had the, ex- the proper expression during that beatdown of genuine concern for Daniel Bryan getting the shit kicked out of him by his client, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Paul Heyman, uh, there's a reason why he is, uh, he is a goddamn professional and he is, he is the best at what he does. Um, uh, the other, the other, uh, great assist in this match, uh, went to none other Micah. You might not have caught this. You might not know this. Um, you know who that fan was that you could hear yelling frequently during the entire pay-per-view, but also during this match especially? That yeah. Brock Lesnar literally told to shut the hell up and called Ed Mal the that called him a fucking moron in the ring? Yeah. Afterwards? That? None other than Greg Miller, sir, who was sitting front really? of the Survivor Series. Oh, shit. <laughs> he, he, he was on camera several times, but you could hear you could hear him screaming at Brock Lesnar with his very distinctive Greg Miller voice. Like, End it, Brock! End it. <laughs> <laughs> to which there's a point where the heart, like I said, the camera closes in on Brock Lesnar, and you hear Greg Miller scream something, and you hear, Lesnar audibly says, "Shut up!" And then he mouths, "Fucking moron." <laughs> So add one more legend to the Greg Miller annals. Oh God! Oh, that is amazing. Oh, so yeah, fantastic there. <laughs> um, I and I enjoy how they booked this match too. By the way, very reminiscent of the uh, of the AJ match uh, last year, where Brian had no business doing anything but getting the shit kicked out of him. But Brock Lesnar's hubris comes back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. And Brian almost picks up the win. If they're going to keep doing this Brock Lesnar thing, that's how you do it, man. Like, Brock Lesnar gets a little too cocky, and then he's like, oh, shit. And then Brock has been really selling this shit, man. Like, Yeah, it is a day. Could you imagine how good Brock Lesnar could be if he actually gave a fuck 
about professional right. wrestling. Right. Like he's he's I I I like that dude, man, but like like you said, like he's got a if he cared more, holy shit, man. Like I said, him him in the yes lock with his face purple and his <laughs> eyes bulging was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like he can like he knows what he's doing, man. So I I don't know. But yeah, if they're gonna keep if they're gonna keep the title on Brock for a while, like he's gotta start having like some near misses, right? Like he's gotta he's gotta be getting out of there, you know, just barely now. Because people know the deal, right? People People, know, it's not like we're we're past the shock of the the John Cena squash. Like it, it it makes it makes it still makes Brock look strong by having him win just barely, or having it be like a having it be his hubris that does him in. Um, and it makes the rest of your roster look stronger. So, and to case in point, like here's another case where even in even in defeat, Daniel Bryan still comes out looking strong because Brock Lesnar. With his sort of mannerisms um, after the match, put him over. Yeah, uh, even without saying a word. Yeah, just kind uh, of limping was... out and shit like that, man. Like, yeah. well, also just kind of like staring at him, like kind of like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, like, <laughs> like not expecting to get that level of beatdown. Yeah, I, um, I was expecting this. Ooh, right? Ooh, yes, yes, yes. I was expecting that. Not this. Not this all black fucking fucking. Mini Terminator uh, Daniel Bryan. So that's Survivor Series. Um, a decent show. Uh, I'd give it a. We like to do letter grade, letter grades here. Um, we'll call it a B minus. One hundred percent agree. I was wavering between that and a C plus. Uh, I said I settled on B minus. I'll give it a I'll give it a B minus just because um, I you know. There weren't too many matches that I just flat out didn't enjoy. And, um, you know, storyline wise with some of them there, they leave, they leave you in very interesting positions. Um, even, even, even though apparently Baron Corbin is going to be the general manager of raw forever because of their clean sweep. Look, man, I don't mind. It's weird that I don't mind Baron Corbin as a general manager. Um, it's weird that he is like it's weird that he's really not wrestling yeah. that much. <laughs> um, but he's but he's an asshole, and it's always good to have an asshole GM. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, let us take a visit to the Dense Pixels Post Office, where we asked you for some Survivor Series questions. Uh, some of these we actually answered during the review, so we'll skip around. Uh, we'll go to Malcolm first, who asks, "Do you have an issue?" With Mr. Survivor Series, one Randall Keith Orton uh, not being on the SmackDown team. Randy Orton um, is one of the best Survivor Series wrestlers of all time uh, in the elimination matches. Uh, his record, I think he's, I think he has the most wins and possibly the most eliminations um, in history. I'd have to, I'd have to fact check that. Wow. Uh, um, yes, and actually, so here's what they could have done uh, with Randy Orton that would have made a lot of sense. Um, they could have had him instead of Smojo. And they could have really built up the fact that he's like Mr. Survivor Series and then had him eat the fucking the the fucking Claymore kick and got pinned in 30 seconds. I think you could have done that. And I think it would have had the same, just as much of an impact, if not more, um, if you had built him up as like being the Survivor Series god. And then he's down in 30 seconds. Yeah. So and it would and again, it would have made for but it would have made for an interesting dynamic on the SmackDown team as well, since him and Jeff Hardy. Um, have not been 
you know, have been having some major issues as of late for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see, uh, if there's one that we haven't kind of talked about. Um, uh, Leonardo says, how do they fake that chair stuff? It looks real and painful. Uh, it's because it is real. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a certain, there's a certain way that you are supposed to hit people with chairs, um, basically on their back. So as the back takes a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the impact, um, very famously in, in the attitude era, the attitude era where I, everyone I know where you're fucking loves, uh, you are aware of Mick Foley. I know you are aware of the rock. Um, well, the rock, uh, at one point, subdued Mick Foley by tying his hands, uh, putting his hands and cuffs behind his back, and then hit Mick Foley in the head with 10 chair shots. Um, Mick Foley's family was there, and they were mortified. Normally, if you, if, well, one, they don't do chair shots to the head anymore. Um, no, they get, and like to the point where I think Undertaker and Triple H did it in a match, uh, like, Six or seven years ago, and both of them got majorly, both of them got majorly fined. And we're talking about fucking Undertaker and Vince McMahon's son-in-law, right? (laughs) Right. Like that's how serious this shit is, right? Because you know you can really CTE, Chris Benoit, all that shit, right? But when they did it before, uh, the wrestlers would put their hands up and their arms up to to shield their head. The Rock hit this. Fucking, he hit Mick Foley in the head ten fucking times, and it was so fucking brutal that 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 Mick Mick Foley's family really feared for his life. And Mick Mick Foley was he he just said fuck the Rock for many many years. He never forgave him because the Rock never apologized. Apparently, like and and to and for you out there thinking, hey, like what an asshole Vince McMahon is. Don't do that because Vince McMahon. Shane McMahon, all those guys took several unprotected chair shots yeah. over the years. Like it wasn't like that they weren't dealing with anything that they weren't comfortable dishing out. Right. Um but yeah, chair shots, yeah, they don't do they they have gone a long way to make wrestling as safe as they can. Um eliminating unprotected chair shots is a big one. Yeah. Uh and and again, chairs don't maybe have the same impact as they did because of that because you don't have that that brutality aspect, but I am fine with that if people don't have to have brain damage and die at 47 yeah. um, all the time as a result. It's also why you don't see pile drivers uh, anymore either in WWE. Yeah, there was a very famous botched pile driver by Owen Hart to Stone Cold Steve Austin that pretty much uh, uh, put the kibosh on. He, it, it ended Stone Cold's career way sooner than I think anyone anticipated. Yeah, he, Steve Austin only lasted about five and a half years after that. And that's with a year and a half, I think of injury yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Um, and he could have probably wrestled a lot longer if it wasn't for, for that. So yeah, the, the chair shots, the wet, the weapon stuff isn't fake. Um, they're just tough people. And I don't, I, I was going to say guys, but Ronda Rousey, yeah, took several kendo sticks. Woo, God damn. Um, and have the welts and has the welts to prove it. Yeah. By the way, kendo sticks aren't, uh, kendo sticks aren't, you know, made of like balsa wood either. Like they're like, they're, they're they're thick, man. Yeah, and and again, they, they they sound worse than they are, right? But it's still not something you'd want to get hit across the back with to the point where it's where it's shattering, right? 
Um, tables are the same way. You know, like I said, the tables are, I, I guess they're a little bit gimmicked, but you're still going through a fucking table. Like, it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not like it's laying on a, on a pillow yeah. or anything like that. So, yeah, it's just, weapons are just one of those things that make pro wrestling uh, unique, but you have to be very careful uh, to make sure that you're not killing people. Yep, that's why you years were, off their life. That's why you would never see the hardcore <laughs> title come back. Nope, not ever, <laughs> not ever. Yeah, yeah. Later on, if you missed the Attitude Era, boy, you missed a lot <laughs> in terms of that. So, um, let's see here. Who else we got? Uh, Stewart asked, "Why wasn't Ronda Rousey carried out of the ring?" That was a bit of bullshit. Um, I don't think so. I think that she was down long enough and. She was attended to enough that you don't need to go the extra mile of stretching her out. Uh, very famously, Stone Cold Steve Austin never uh, left a match not under his own accord, even when he broke his fucking neck. Yeah. Um. So it was. So I understand why they did it. They want to. They want to preserve her. Her toughness. Her image. And you just don't look as tough when you're being stretched out of a ring. You just don't. Yeah. So that's that's why they did it. I think. What do you think of the rumor that uh, Ronda Rousey was upset that she got booed? I think that it's fair. Um, and you can kind of see, I don't know if she was acting or if, she, or if that was her being genuine. I think that's her around. being genuine, man. She ain't that right. good of an actor. And look, I, and, and I get, it's, it's, it's probably very frustrating um, to do your job well and still not be able to get the reaction that you desire. Um, again, what, what, how they lean into it or don't lean into that is gonna, is gonna be interesting to see, but I can understand being, especially because she hasn't been around long enough to, to really get that the fans are going to kind of just do what they want to do at this point. Yeah. She hasn't really really play along. She hasn't really been exposed to a smart crowd. Has she aside from, Uh, well, she was at WrestleMania, but yeah, I think she surprised, she probably surprised everybody. Yeah. And SummerSlam, um, SummerSlam, they were cool with her, for whatever reason. Where was it? Uh, it was in Chicago, if I recall correctly. Wow. Or no, it was in wait, it was in New York. It was in New York. Okay, all right. Um, so, and she beat Alexa Bliss, who is a fucking you know spark darling, to get that women's title. Yeah. Um, I think most of the others we talked about already. Unless you I think one. so. Um, we will we will pass by Malcolm's hatred for <laughs> the Velvet. <laughs> Malcolm, let me know. Uh, let me know under the under this post. Is it just the gimmick? Like, do you not appreciate the gimmick, or do you just hate the man? I, I'm very curious. Like, I, I part of me understands if it's the gimmick, right? Like, because you know, it, it's it's not. It he's a different kind of homoerotic. Than the normal homoerotic wrestlers that that walk around. But. Well, here's one. Cam, Cam asks, "Does does Dream need to be in the in the Rumble this year? They they always usually have a couple uh, of NXT surprise entrants. Do you think that Velveteen Dream is going to be that guy this year? I would like to see him in the Rumble, but not. But don't let that be his main roster debut. I would like to see him go back to NXT afterwards. Right, I wouldn't do, mind do, see- do the Ty Dillinger spot. Yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't mind seeing him because uh, he because uh, he would the pop Rumble. the crowd. He definitely would pop the crowd. It would be nice to see how he holds himself, uh, how how he can handle himself uh, with some of the major stars and um, and yeah. Well, so 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 here so here's here's the good follow up question then. If he was in the Rumble, 
who would be the guy on the main roster that you'd want to see him have his like showdown with when he comes in when he comes down to the ring? Because you know they always do that shit, right? Like when they whenever they have the guy, the, the special guy, often it's it's usually related to someone that's in the ring uh, that they have like a history with. I'm sorry, you froze for me. I couldn't hear what you said. No, I say so. If if Dream was in the Rumble, who would you want to see them have his like? initial one-on-one confrontation with oh man like do you think there's a guy on the roster that it would make a lot of sense to to put to pit him against uh when he first gets to the ring um like is it too obvious to say gold dust and would gold yeah, dust even be in the rumble yeah it's way too obvious to say gold dust i think i think shinsuke nakamura is weird enough oh you know who it could be it could be elias that might not be bad either <laughs> you know, because they because they talk because you know they build up the experience and and you know the yeah <laughs> I yo I and you know what's funny I could see those two going either way I could see them being a, a, a uh, liking each other or hating each other or both at the same time yeah yeah that's a good one that's a <laughs> or, real or, good or our truth just because our truth works in any situation <laughs> on the sly our truth like <laughs> I mean look I look. I don't like our truth, but since they paired him with Carmella, and now he's coming back, and he's just being a buffoon again, I, dude. Lo- Loki, like I, I appreciated the hell out of his two segments last night. Yeah, that he I, had in the locker room. Uh, look, I, he was entertaining. I give, I'll give the <laughs> devil his due. I'll give the raccoon his due. He was very entertaining. Um, so, uh, God damn it, and I hate giving praise to our truth, but, but yeah, I enjoyed him. So, but that, so that I think that's it for the questions. Like I said, I think everything else we pretty much answered yeah. uh, in our thoughts uh, on the show. So yeah, that's that's it for this week. Uh, two hours of show. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and yeah, we will uh, we will catch you guys next week. See ya. Yeah.